every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan. It has Hulu, Title Premium, 15 gigabytes, mobile hotspot, and full HD. Atlas, we need to shout that from the rooftops. Best deal ever. I didn't mean literally. Switch to Sprint's Unlimited Plus plan for just $42 per line. But hurry, for a limited time, it's now $22 per line when you bring or buy your own phones. Visit Sprint.com slash unlimited or call 1-800-SPRINT-1. Price with $5 per month auto pay discount. One Hulu limited commercial plan for Sprint account. Features differ. Offer coverage not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Requires new line subject to credit. Third dollar activation fee speed. Maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino and... Oh, shit. Oh, dear. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this hump day edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast, launching a new series today. It's going to be called Up and Comers, and so... We're going to go division by division and talk about some of the prominent young players uh, that are going to carve out some prominent roles here on their uh, respective teams. So, Kyle, welcome here to this uh, launch of uh, of our new series. Thanks, man. Ready to go. Ready to talk some NFC South. Uh, we we do have some brief breaking news that does need to be discussed. Okay, I don't even. I don't even know yeah, what this you, breaking you, news is, so I'm very excited. You're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You don't know what the, the breaking news is. The breaking news is that Applebee's has made an earth-shattering announcement this week with their decision to bring back the endless wings and ribs. Have you seen this? Oh, ribs! Whoa! Yeah, wait. Oh, let me, let me let me get it right now. What? Okay, Applebee's in general is a crap restaurant, but the endless riblets and ribs. riblets and tenders. Okay. Twelve ninety nine, all you can eat. So here's the thing. I don't know if I could take advantage of that. Because like, you feel bad? No, like my capacity to, to like crush endless food is is diminishing very rapidly. And 
I'm, and so the people can know, I am doing the keto diet. And so that has wrecked my world here over the last week. I'm, I'm, this is day oh, nine. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling, by the way? Um, I'm feeling – okay, here's the hardest thing. It's not the food. The food's good, right? It's just basically high fat, uh, it, no carbs, no sugar, uh, moderate protein. The hardest thing for me is I like drinking Diet Pop. You know, I'm a Coke Zero, Diet Coke, whatever, Diet Wild Cherry Pepsi. And so getting that out of the, out of the, out of the routine has been a challenge. I've always drank in a lot of water. It's never been a challenge for me. But to not be able to, you know, have a glass of, of Coke Zero or something with dinner has been probably the hardest part, man. I'll be honest with you. Dude, you lost so many brownie points by A, calling it pop, and B, drinking so much water. Yeah, it's totally against your it's brand, right? It's terrible, so. I know. Yeah. Well, listen, you can have the tenders then. Like, the riblets is going to be no-go for you because you got the sauce on it. Yeah, yeah. No, that, uh, yeah, but you, you sugar and barbecue. Yeah, right you now. can dig into tenders because that's, you know, it's just... And, they'd love, and the keto diet chicken. loves ranch. They love ranch. Oh, so I can really? Things in ranch. Really? Yeah, it's high fat. Yeah, ranch is like the, Yeah, but it's got a little like sugar. The, you gotta you got to watch what kind, though, because it's got a lot of sugar in it, too. Does it? I, you know, I don't know. Look, so. yeah, you gotta, you gotta watch. You gotta keep your head on a swivel there with the keto, man. <laughs> Look, I'm telling the fiance, she's the, uh, she's the food manager in the house. You know, so she takes care of, you know, what I'm supposed to be eating so that I fulfill the keto diet. We've got plenty of books and recipes, so we're fill, we're following this thing to the T. And so I only eat what's approved. So you're like, God. you're like going to Alabama, man. You got a nutritionist at home, <laughs> making sure you're fueling your body the right way. Hey, look, you know, this is a, this is a phrase that uh, Bruce Smith said, and he was talking about – this is really off the grid here. So Daryl Talley <laughs> – Daryl Talley and Bruce Smith, right, classic Buffalo Bills players from the 90s. Uh, Bruce Smith went over to Daryl Talley's house for Thanksgiving. And so they finished Thanksgiving dinner, and Bruce Smith goes – and he lays down on the couch afterwards. And Daryl Talley says, hey, man, aren't you, you going to help clean up? He goes, he goes Daryl, there's two kinds of people in this world, those that run their house and those that run around their house. It's all about creating those expectations. Oh, dear. So look, did I just say that? Yeah, maybe I did. But, uh, look, hey, we've got a good team concept going here at, at the Marino household and uh, appreciate uh, – uh, the fiance's efforts with the meal prep. There you go, man. I hope you didn't just put yourself in the doghouse with that one. That's a slippery slope I do not wish to touch, and I do not wish for you to touch any further. So let's let's switch gears and go to maybe the NFC South before any damage is done. You want to do that? We ought to. We yeah, ought to, Kyle. Let's let's do this right. Um. Yeah, I mean, so so the kind of the general concept here, just so folks listening uh, with us can understand, is you know we we've got the the depth charts pulled up for the NFC South teams, the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks, and we're just looking for names. You know, we've you know, Joe and I've been doing this a long time now, and you know, I've been doing this since 2013. I've written over 1,500 scouting reports in that time frame, and there's you know for every Alvin Kamara who makes a big explosion on the scene. For every Christian McCaffrey, who we, we're probably going to talk about here just a little bit, uh, who was a first-round pick that never really got the full traction that maybe the expectation was there with him being a top-ten pick, 
there's endless other guys that we see on these, these depth charts that you know haven't had that opportunity. So we're looking for guys that the depth chart and their strengths and weaknesses and the, the systems that they're playing in, we're looking for all those players where all of that aligns. And we can get excited and say, hey, th- this looks like it could be the year for X, Y, and Z. So, Joe, I'm going to defer to you. I kind of teased a couple names here, but I want you, you looking at these depth charts for the NFC South, who's a name that stands out to you? Yeah, the one I want to talk to right off the bat is Christian McCaffrey. Year two uh, with the Carolina Panthers, a top ten draft pick. And the Carolina Panthers, when they pick in the top ten, they normally hit that out of the park. I and mean, Look at some of these names, Jordan Gross, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Julius Peppers. I mean, they, they, they've done well with these high picks. And so you got Christian McCaffrey, who was really good as a receiver last year, even though they really had to manufacture touches. And, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, creativity behind a lot of his touches. It was like, just run a flare route, and we're just going to throw it to you, and good luck, which that doesn't work in the NFL <laughs> like it does in high school. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's so many weird dynamics with McCaffrey. Number one, that you know, C.J. Anderson's now part of the team, and, and – you know, for a guy that's taken in the top 10, you really expect them to be the focal point of the offense, especially at running back. And, you know, I think C.J. Anderson's going to have a prominent role on this team. And it's it's also interesting because the regime that drafted McCaffrey is no longer in play. And we see this all the time where, like, holdovers from previous regimes, you know, going from Dave Gettleman back to, to Marty Herney here in, in Carolina, you know, there's not that – that's not a, a Marty Herney guy. He didn't draft that guy. And, you know, how how he fits into the equation moving forward is somewhat cloudy. I know that's weird, right, just a year removed from being a top-ten pick. But, you know, the big challenge for North Turner and company this year with Carolina is, is playing, you know, developing a run scheme that fits to, to uh, McCaffrey's strength. And, and as a top-ten pick, you kind of you kind of think to yourself, well, that really should be a scheme-transcendent player. And so, you know, we'll – I'm really curious to see how, if the struggles continue year one to year two with McCaffrey and, and how they get him the football because he's plenty talented. I think he could be a highly productive back, but how he fits into this Carolina offense with C.J. Anderson's arrival, who I know they love, is really interesting, something to monitor in 2018. Yeah, it's kind of difficult, right, because you look at, like, C.J. is such a powerful guy heading north, north-south. And Cam, obviously, with the the quarterback run schemes that they can implement there, being a powerful guy going north-south, that's not Christian McCaffrey. So are you going to box yourself in and say, okay, McCaffrey's touches are going to be X, Anderson and Cam's Cam's touches are going to be Y, or are you going to try and meet somewhere in the middle? And if you try and meet somewhere in the middle, then, yeah, Christian's going to have to – kind of elevate his between-the-tackles runs, which was an area that he really struggled in last year, and they lost arguably their best offensive lineman in Andrew Norwell. Mm-hmm. So this, I mean, this Carolina offense is in, is interesting in general. I do want to talk about a rookie here, uh, DJ Moore, and looking at this wide receiver group, I mean, heck, we can even talk about Curtis Samuel, right? Second-round pick mm-hmm. from last year, who uh, looking to find footing – uh, the two guys ahead of you on the death chart are Torrey Smith and Devin Funches. Like, these guys are going to be called upon a lot. And there's not a lot of guys behind him that you could even warrant consideration to say, yeah, you know, these guys are probably going to make the 53-man roster. Like, 
the four guys that are locks to make the 53 are Torrey, Devin, DJ, and Curtis Samuel. You got a rookie and a guy who hasn't proven anything yet. And Curtis Samuel's a running back convert that they switched over to a wide receiver. It's probably going to play a lot in the slot. So this kind of Carolina offense in general is fascinating to me because you have a guy like Curtis Samuel who is a convert from another position where he played. You know, he, he was a gadgety guy, and he, but he, he did play some receiver, but he was a running back too at Ohio State. And then DJ Moore, your first-round pick, one of those guys is going to have to come up huge for you because you can't bank on Torrey Smith at this, this stage in his career to be a consistent winner on the outside. You need somebody to be that guy, and it's going to have to be D.J. Moore. And for the dynamics of this offense to work and for Carolina to continue to be a really potent offense, you're going to need Curtis Samuel to be a big-time player too. Kyle, a player that stands out to me uh, that I want to bring up here is Marshawn Lattimore, cornerback for the, uh, the New Orleans Saints. I mean, uh, an amazing rookie year, uh, defensive rookie of the year, actually. And, and, you know, he's already in that conversation for, you know, one of the best corners in the game. And you look at the challenge ahead of him in, in 2018, just the way the schedule falls. Just let me rip through this really quick. This is what, this is what Marshawn Lattimore has – waiting for him in 2018. Week one, Mike Evans. Week two, Josh Gordon. Week three, Julio Jones. Week four, uh, Odell Beckham. Week five, the Washington Redskins, and then a bye week. And then the Baltimore Ravens. Then it's Adam Thielen with the Vikings. It's the L.A. Rams and their dynamic passing offense. A.J. Green, Alshon Jeffrey, Julio Jones again. Got the Dallas Cowboys. Then it's Mike Evans again. Carolina. Then you have Pittsburgh and Antonio Brown, and then Carolina again. I mean, that is a murderer's row of wide receivers, and, and that's that's why you have Marshawn Lattimore, right? A guy with that skill set to go up against these number one wide receivers and, and neutralize them. And so, you know, he, he he's just got a big challenge ahead of him, and, and I know that there's a lot of upside and optimism there, and it's going to be it's going to be big for him to deliver for that Saints defense and for them to. Uh, you know, continue to make this run here with this open win, uh, Super Bowl window with Drew Brees. Yeah, I wanted to talk about a corner out of this division, too. My guy's Vernon Hargraves, who's right. a, a first-round pick in 2016 to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, the Bucks have promptly drafted uh, two second-round corners in the 2018 NFL draft, taking M.J. Stewart as a, a potential nickel guy and Carlton Davis, a big, long guy to play on the boundary. So, obviously, Brent Grimes is getting older, he's, he's, so, so this is not necessarily a kiss of death for Vernon Hargraves, but I think Vernon's struggles have been really well documented. But when Tampa finally moved this guy to the nickel, this is fascinating, Joe. Have you had a chance to see what his yards allowed per, per coverage snap were when he was in the, the boundary versus the, the nickel? Educate me. Weeks 1 through 6, Vernon played on the boundary and averaged two point two yards allowed per coverage snap. In week seven through ten, playing in the nickel before Vernon had a hamstring injury that that ended his season, he allowed zero point four one. Oh wow. One point eight yards less per coverage snap in the slot than on the boundary. So when he was an outside corner he was targeted forty three times and gave up twenty nine receptions for 1.78 yards per coverage snap. In, this, in the nickel, 
He was only targeted in four games 11 times. His catch rate went down 13%. Much, much, much better when Vernon was given the ability to play in the face of guys as a press nickel corner. So, I mean, for Vernon, obviously a huge disappointment that uh, his career has not gone the way that it was envisioned when he came out of Florida. But there's a glimmer of hope here that this is still a valuable player for your team with this role for him. You get him in the nickel. Obviously, the dollar amount as they renegotiate a contract when that comes up down the line is going to be something that they're going to have to you know, negotiate. But if Hargraves comes out and plays balls out in the nickel, you know, it, it's a huge development for Tampa Bay because otherwise you're looking at a top, top 15 bust with a player. So Hargraves has a big opportunity with it, and thankfully the injury that ended his season, you never want any injury to end your season, but a hamstring issue, he should be fully healed from that. So he's going to have every opportunity to get himself aligned and have an extremely successful season in 2018. Kyle, uh... A player that really stands out when we talk about the young guys in this division is Deidre Sanat, defensive tackle for the Atlanta Falcons. And there is plenty to be concerned about with this defensive tackle situation in Atlanta, opposite of Grady Jarrett. And a third-round pick, Deidre Sanat needs to be a day-one starter because there's not a whole lot of other options here to play alongside Grady Jarrett. And I like Sanat. You know, I think that he's a really fun study. For You look at his college tape, I thought he was pretty – pretty stout anchor and he had the ability to penetrate a little bit, but you know, there, he, he wasn't necessarily a heralded, you know, top 50 first round prospect or anything like that. And he's called upon immediately to be a starter. And I think, you know, him being a, a viable option immediately is, is really important to this Falcons uh, defense where they don't have a whole lot else on this depth chart outside of him and, and Grady Jarrett. So uh, they need him to play. They need him to play a lot of the snaps, and they need him to play well because there's there's just a whole lot uh, whole lot uh, left to be desired here when you look at this defensive tackle group in Atlanta. Sure, and when I look at this Atlanta team in general, this, I mean, this defense is young, man. Yep. I mean, you go through, they are super athletic. You got Grady Jarrett, 2015, Vic Beasley, 2015, Duke Riley, 2017, Deion Jones, 2016, Devondre Campbell, 2016, Alford, 2013, Ricardo Allen, 2014, Keanu Neal, 2016, Desmond Trufant, 2013, Brian Poole, the nickel corners, 2016. Like, holy cow. Almost this entire starting lineup is guys that have entered the league in the last five years. So first of all, Atlanta's got to feel really good about that, that they have young, athletic talent. And uh, the linebacker group for me specifically is really interesting because their trio of Duke Riley Deion Jones and Devondra Campbell, um, those guys, they're, they're kind of cut from different cloths where, where Riley and Jones are you know, both LSU linebackers. They're, they're both on the smaller size, but these guys are fast, super fast. And you've got this, this disruptive defensive front in front of those. So this is a defense that's going to prey on chaos and that speed on the, line, on the second level is going to be huge because you don't necessarily have true gap fits necessarily all the time because this this team is very penetration-oriented. 
So these linebackers that are going to be able to overlap their ranges, I think is going to be really big in, in, in run support for this team. And uh, they have the personnel to pull it off. Uh, Deion Jones was, was one of my more prominent misses as a player um, where he just blew me away with, you know, when, when Atlanta made the run to the Super Bowl and, you know, we're not going to talk about what happened in the Super Bowl, damn it. Uh, but uh, when, when they made that run, and I mean, Dion was a star down the stretch. And uh, I've been super impressed with how well he's been able to acclimate and, and play as a guy that I thought was a little bit undersized. And, you know, how's he going to play in the mic? Dion's fine. So that's uh, a really exciting young group for the Atlanta Falcons, Joe. Cal, I've got another second-level player that's interesting here, and in, uh, Alex Anzalone, linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, a guy that I, you know, he's easy to love when during the uh, draft process when you watch the games that he was healthy for the Florida Gators, and you saw him at the Senior Bowl, you saw the athletic profile, and then you know immediately he looks like he's going to be a stud through preseason and the first four games of the season, but then the injury bug comes back again. He has shoulder uh, season-ending shoulder uh, surgery, and, and he missed all but the first four games of the season, and that's just been the book on Anzalone. It's just he's when he's on the field, he's a lights-out player, but you know he just can't continuously stay there. He's, he's just not always available. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to be different in 2018 and what's going to make him a, a durable player, but – you know, they, they need him, right? You know, right now they're counting on A.J. Klein and Demario Davis at the other two backer spots, and, and then Anzalone is a starter. I know Tao, Mante Tao, plays a, an important role for them, you know, in sub-packages and stuff. But, man, if Anzalone has a chance to be healthy, I think he could be such a high-impact player, but that question mark continues to remain. And, you know, look, if he can't, if he can't make it again this year being healthy, then I don't know, man. It might, it might be time to put a fork in him. Yeah, it's a shame. You have a really great tape when he's on the field. But he's on the field probably 50% of the time. Joe, I got one more name for you. All right. It is um, Andrus Pete, starting guard from uh, the 2015 NFL Draft. This was a first-round pick, uh, originally drafted out of Stanford as a tackle. Well, the Saints promptly gave, they gave him two years. They drafted Ryan Ramchek, who's now the starting right tackle uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Now you've got Andrus Pete playing at left guard. Uh, interested to see whether this shift sticks, right? You've got Teron Armstrong at left tackle, who is one of the most superbly gifted athletes on the offensive line in all of football. He got a really strong center in Max Unger. Ryan Ramchek, I thought, was a really promising player. Larry Warford coming over from Detroit. Uh, good opportunity to really solidify himself in between two strong players. Same thing goes for Andrus Pete. Who is Andrus Pete now? I want to know because you know if, if Pete can take that road-grading style of play that he was – very prominently known for coming out of Stanford and, and entering the NFL draft, Saints are going to be cooking with fire with, with the rushing attack that they have with Ingram and Kamara. And, I mean, heck, even some of the, the young guys that they've got behind them, they, they got you know, Terrence West and Daniel Laskow as young guys. And uh, 
they're going to have a lot of backs that can step in. Ideally, it's all Ingram and Kamara. But regardless on who's rushing the football, they're going to have a lot of opportunities to really gouge teams up front. And, uh, you know, we, we just talked about the, the Atlanta Falcons defense and how this is a penetration-style defense. And well, the Carolina Panthers having Don Terry Poe and Kwan Short as their, their guys on the interior and Tampa Bay investing a first-round pick in Vita Vey and Daryl McCoy and trading for Jason Pierre-Paul and bringing over Vinnie Curry and Bo Allen. And, you know, it's, it, there's some fresh faces in the trench for these other teams. So I think Andrus Pete is a name to kind of circle and put a star next to and say, okay, this, this is a guy that's got to make sure he's on his A game because he's going to have tough assignments in every game in this division in 2018. And with that, we hope you guys enjoyed. We know we tried to keep this moving pretty quickly. Uh, we know Joe and I, that can be a struggle sometimes. Uh, getting a thought in and moving on to the next one is, is not our greatest forte. But we tried to do a little bit of a lightning round style here, touch on all the teams, give you guys some young names that have been in the league within the last couple of years that are guys that we did draft assessments on that you know, as we look, whether they're in the starting lineup, they're on – the cusp of being in the starting lineup or they're going to be a key player uh, and have a key challenge ahead of them, uh, highlighting some of those players and, you know, looking for those guys who can take those next steps that we're going to be doing this for all, uh, all eight divisions in the NFL. Joe, we should probably start uh, one of the next couple shows with the AFC North. So we don't forget them. <laughs> That's probably, probably a good way to go about yes. our business as we go here. Uh, give those, those, uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland fans, a short turnaround since we just did their My Ultimate team uh, yesterday after telling them on Monday that they weren't getting one. So uh, <laughs> I, I think that would probably be a wise decision on our part. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening into the show. Uh, we're really excited to be back on a weekly podcast, or I'm sorry, a daily podcast, five days a week, bringing you guys this, this show, which is uh, something that we have been doing for quite some time, Joe and I together, and every chance we have to, to bring him to the table, we have a good time with it. We hope you do, too. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Let us know if you do. Joe, we also promised at the end of last week we would be shouting out uh, some five-star reviews. If you guys leave five-star reviews on the podcast on iTunes, we have not forgotten. That will come at the end of the week. So that means you guys get those reviews in now. Take advantage of that. you got a day or two. And when we record Friday's show, we'll give you guys some love on uh, our Friday show. Make sure you hit up Joe on Twitter. He's at the Joe Marino. I am at Grinding the Tape. Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino of the Draft Network. And this is the Draft Dudes Podcast. Talk to you guys soon, guys. What does your morning sound like? Uh, goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. 
reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.